chapter 6, and it's verses 1 to 8. And I'd encourage you to grab a church Bible, if there's one before you, or grab one, if, jump up and stretch. It's a really good practice to get hold of actually using the Bible. I know the words will be probably up on the screen as well, but it's good to good exercise to get used to where to find things in the Bible. So it's page 934 in your church Bible. That's 934. And it's Micah chapter 6, verses 1 to 8. The Bible often has the heading, The Lord's Case Against Israel. Listen to what the Lord says. Stand up, plead my case before the mountains. Let the hills hear what you have to say. Hear you mountains the Lord's accusation. Listen, you everlasting foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a case against his people. He is lodging a charge against Israel. My people, what have I done to you? How have I burdened you? Answer me. I brought you up out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you and Aaron and Miriam. My people, remember what Balak, king of Moab, plotted and what Balaam, son of Beor, answered. Remember your journey from Shittim to Gilgal that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. <clears throat> With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. This is the word of the Lord. Just before you take your seats once again. Walking with God is the title of the uh, talk that I want to share with you uh, this morning. And uh, if you were listening closely to uh, the Bible reading as Abigail read to us, you will have seen that it was in the final verse of uh, that passage. Another Sunday at Crinken and another prophet. For those of you who've been coming regularly, you'll have heard Stephen Gardner preaching on the message of the prophet Ezekiel for the past few Sundays. And I think there might be one more to come in that series. But today we're looking at the book of Micah and that one verse in particular about walking humbly with our God. But it's very important that we have a look at the context to help us understand. So if you want to follow, do open your Bibles on page 934, Micah chapter 6. And to get the context, I just want to very quickly try and answer four questions. Who was Micah? What did he prophesy? Sorry, when did he prophesy? 
Who was his message for? And what's happening in this passage that uh, is before us? So regarding who was Micah, we don't know actually very much about him. He identifies himself in the book of Micah as a prophet from a small provincial town called Morsheth Gath. So we do know that he was an outsider to Jerusalem. He prophesied between 750 and 686 BC. So he was before Ezekiel. He was prophesying around the same time as Isaiah and Hosea. Now, what was his message and who was it for? Well, it was mainly for the leaders of Jerusalem and Samaria. And the message was, as, as many messages from the prophets were, that God was going to come in judgment because of the corruption of their society, because of the injustice in this, their society, and because of the idolatry that was being practiced. And mixed in with the judgment, there was hope. God promised hope that a remnant would be spared. And Jerusalem was was, wasn't destroyed for another 150 years afterwards because some kings listened to God and judgment was deferred. But Samaria, to whom Micah was preaching as well, the leaders of Samaria, that was judged and judged uh, very soon after the, uh, the book of Micah was written. So we come to Micah chapter six, and it's very important to know what's happening in this passage. The setting is a court, and God is the prosecutor. He's bringing charges against his people, and the people of Israel are in the dock. And God asks in verse three, how have I burdened you? That was the overriding concern of God. That was his call to his people. It wasn't, in this situation, all the things they had done wrong. God was saying to his people, how have I burdened you? Then he goes on to describe all that he had done for the people. Brought them up out of Egypt, and redeemed you from the land of slavery, it says in verse 4. And the next few verses go on to talk about various occasions when God provided for his people and brought them to the promised land. And God is saying, how have I burdened you? I've done all this for you. And why have you turned away? Why are you doing all that's wrong? Why is there rampant injustice? Why is there oppression? Why is there idolatry? I did all this for you. I loved you. And Micah then, on behalf of the leaders, tries to reply, he tries to imagine what, what would they say. And this has an echo that comes right back to, to, right back to our time. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, 10,000 10, rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? 
The focus is all about what can I bring to God to get rid of these charges? What can I do to make this go away? It's all about what I can do. What good things can I do? It's basically trying to buy God off. The people and the leaders were very happy with their way of life. They were very happy with the way they were oppressing the poor, the way the fact there was injustice in the society. They were happy about idolatry. But they were trying to buy God off. And that's what people have done since time began. And it's what people in many different religions try to do. They try to appease God. And the focus is, what can I do? Now, ask a very rude question now and you don't have to answer. But could that, could that be the way that you think? Could you possibly think that coming to church is something that will please God? Or that supporting the church financially will please God? All of these things do please God, but only if our heart is right. It's part of walking with God. But some people don't want to walk with God, but they kind of want to um, put God aside so they can get on with their lives. Well, bad news if you do think like that, because it doesn't work. You can't buy God off. And so we come to the famous verse 8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. God didn't want their sacrifices. He had no interest in their ideas of piety, in their good works. As one commentator said, God wants our very selves, our lives, and our love. God's standard is not a little bit of piety, a few good works, a few euro. God's standard is high. It was the exact opposite of way, the way life was going on in Jerusalem. Because the people he was talking to acted unjustly. The people he was talking to had no mercy. The people he was talking to walked proudly without God. So what, what is the key? The key to being able to do the first two parts, act justly and love mercy, is the third part, to walk humbly with your God. God wants things to be right back to the Garden of Eden. Remember those lovely passages right at the start of Genesis, after God had created the perfect world, placed Adam and Eve in the garden. And we have these words that convey a whole idea of peace and tranquility, that Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden, in the cool of the day. It was perfect. 
until Adam and Eve had a better idea, or so they thought. God wants things back to the time of the Exodus when Moses and the people of God were led by him and they walked with God from Egypt all the way to the promised land. Now that journey sure had some ups and downs, but they walked with God. Or what about the time in the New Testament when the Lord Jesus came and began his ministry and he began walking around Galilee and he began calling people and the disciples came, they left their everything behind and they walked with Jesus. That is what God wants and he wants us to walk with him too. Now sadly the leaders and the prophets that Micah was speaking to weren't really listening and judgment did come. So that's what happened to them. So what about us today? As I mentioned, Micah's message was that God was coming in judgment. But mixed in with that was the fact that there was hope. Hope that a remnant would be saved. And God does not change. That's the unchanging truth of the Bible for every person in every generation. And so the message for us today is the same. Judgment is coming, but there's the hope of salvation for those who listen to God's message. Now, today we don't like to hear and we don't often hear about God's judgment. It's not popular to talk about God's judgment. So people forget about God's judgment because it's not talked about very much. And people think mistakenly, but many, many people do, that if they just do their religious duties, they'll be fine and they can live the rest of their lives whatever way they like. That's why I think it was valuable uh, this morning to have David coming up and talking about what it's like to walk with God day by day. Because walking with God is not one hour on a Sunday that we set aside and we come to this place and we do our religious duty. It's just part of walking with God and we should walk with God at 11 o'clock on a Monday and a Tuesday and any other time of the clock, any other day of the week. Let's just read that verse once again. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. It's been described as Micah's mandate, a summary of what God requires. And there are several other um, passages both in the Old Testament and the New Testament that are similar in that they sum up what God is looking for. My mind went to the famous passage of, in Romans, Romans chapter 12, where Paul wrote, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. The standard is high 
both in Micah and in Romans. And it's so high, actually, it's impossible. It's impossible for us to reach that standard. None of us, no matter how holy we are, can reach that standard on our own. We can only reach it if we walk humbly with God day by day. But if we walk with God, we will be able to act justly and love mercy. As Paul put it in his letter to the Philippians, Philippians 2, 12 and 13, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Salvation, asking Jesus to come into our hearts, repenting of our sin, accepting his forgiveness, isn't a one-off thing. That's why it was so revealing when I was talking to David earlier. For him to talk about walking with God day by day. And how amazing it is, as Paul wrote to the Philippians, that when we are his people, God works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. In each of our lives, for each of our lives, God has a purpose. There's a reason why we are placed where we are. We have Many of us, a circle of family, of friends, of work colleagues, of people we interact with in, in leisure, in study. And God is at work in us to achieve his purpose. And he's working in us as we offer our lives to him. So, another question. Is this the way you're living your life are you walking humbly with God day by day? Are you experiencing God working in you to fulfill his good purposes? If this is you, be encouraged and keep going. However, if you're thinking, this isn't really me, I don't recognize this, this could never be me, well, I'd like you to think again. Micah, and indeed the rest of the Bible, teach very clearly that you can't buy God off with religious duties or a big donation to the church. Sorry, Graham, I know that would be good, probably, but uh, big donations to the church should come from a, an overflowing heart. God always looks at our hearts and he calls us to follow him that's why earlier I asked David when did you begin to walk with God because there has to be a start date one of the things that I do in my spare time is I run and I run at park run on many Saturdays and the only reason I can do that is because there was, there was a day when I started running. I couldn't turn up and work, run at Park Run 
if I hadn't started running? Well, I suppose I could, but we think it'd be painful for everybody involved. I drive, you drive, because there was a day when you and I learnt to drive. Before that, we couldn't drive. Everything we do is because one day we started to do it. The disciples followed Jesus because one day they heard his call. The Lord wants everyone to follow him and to walk with him. Earlier we were thinking about the fact that God's judgment isn't often spoken about. But back in the early church, Peter addressed that question. The question of why the Lord Jesus hadn't come back in judgment. In 2 Peter 3 verse 9 he wrote, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. What a wonderful verse. God is patient with us. Maybe you remember right back in one of the songs at the early part of the service, uh, it had these lines. What patience would wait as we constantly roam. What father so tender is calling us home. He welcomes the weakest, the vilest, the poor. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. So if you're thinking this morning, I don't really walk with God. If you feel maybe there's never been a day when I repented and turned from my sin. I don't know what the preacher is talking about experiencing God working in me. Well, make this your start date to walk with God. As we draw to our conclusion, the final question. I like to throw out questions. I probably won't be asked to appear again. Throw out too many questions. But what way will you walk this week? Will you walk proudly with your head in the air like the people of Israel that Micah was addressing and that didn't listen to him? Or will you walk humbly, carefully, looking to God in the knowledge that he is with me and will lead me home? Our final song this morning is an old song, but it has a wonderful truth. The first line is, when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word.